Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mindful You podcast. I'm Alan Carroll, and I am your host as we journey together down the various paths of mindfulness as our guests share their stories, share their discoveries, share their tips and practices with us so that we can strengthen our own mindfulness skills, and live a more mindful, still, present-time existence. Today's guest, Leslie Evans. Leslie, for 30 years, was a psychiatric nurse, had done all the things that you think you should do, married her childhood sweetheart, Three wonderful children, great job, house, and after having all these material things and all these things that you think you should have in order to be happy, Leslie wasn't happy, and which then motivated her to take a look at, well, what works, what doesn't work? And she shifted her entire life. And she shares with us her journey from the psychiatric being a nurse in the hospitals to the spiritual dimensions and how to balance that mindfulness, spiritual development with the scientific medicine background that she has and weave the two together to create a healing that will support people in their journeys into mindfulness. So it's with fun and pleasure and happiness to be able to welcome Leslie Evans to the Mindful You podcast. Leslie Evans, welcome to the Mindful You podcast. I'm excited at the opportunity to hear your story and hear your experiences as you traveled and evolved over time. And as I read your bio, I especially was caught by the word magic. And I find that mindfulness and magic and mystical and miracles sort of form in the same same genre, the same environment. So share with our share with our audience a little bit about your your background, Leslie. Absolutely, thank you, Alan. Uh, first, I want to thank you for having me here and and chatting with you today. Um, it's an honor to be able to be here and share. Um, so yes, I have a background in psychiatric nursing, and I have been a psychiatric nurse for over thirty years, and. Um, you know, really, I started off with this checklist, you know, that checklist of everything you think you want in life. You know, I graduated from psychiatric nursing, got a job in public health, I married my college sweetheart, we bought a house, had three kids, blah, blah, you know, the list goes on, the list goes on. And I have three beautiful girls. And, and 
as I checked off that list, you know, making sure that list was going exactly the way I thought it was supposed to go, I realized I began to lose myself in that process. And, um, you know, because I was so busy making sure everybody on my list was doing well and everything on my list was going well. And I was having this conversation with um, my eldest daughter, who was 16 at the time, and uh, she was having trouble with a boy. And uh, the boy was, um, you know, just she wasn't dancing, wasn't singing, wasn't doing all those things she would normally do. And I gave her the great motherly advice. If they truly love you or they truly care about you, they will encourage you to be everything that you want to be and encourage you to do those things. Um, but it's such a moment for me because I had to take a really good look at myself. I guess I didn't have to. I chose to take a really good look at myself in that moment at what I was teaching my girls. Um, that um, I was teaching them that, you know, the lists were more important. And, and that they should sacrifice themselves for all of those people that were important to them or people in their lives. And, um, and so I had to take a really good look at myself. Um, I really wasn't being very present because I was always everywhere, making sure everybody else was doing okay and not realizing that I was kind of losing myself in the process. And uh, so with that thought, a lot of changes came around. I, I chose to make quite a few changes in my life. One of those, I ended a 21-year marriage. We knew that we weren't healthy for each other, never mind our kids. And I began this journey. That's really where the journey began. I had always been intuitive, but I didn't actually know that's what was happening. I just knew stuff. And I thought, wow, I'm just really good at knowing stuff. And I didn't know where that came from. And so when when I separated and started this new life with my girls and, and my mom came with us too, I was primary support to her. Um, it was really about finding out who I was and what I loved and, and, and what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> and so took this journey of really connecting with myself and the universe or spirit or God, whatever way you describe it, creator. Um, and and so that's what's brought me to where I am now. See, I had taught uh, in my therapy days, I had taught a lot, I had taught a lot about mindfulness because it's a great thing for anxiety and depression. But I wasn't living mindfully. Right. Um, so I wasn't living what I was teaching. Um, and so that was my journey of where I really began to do that is really sinking into this present moment. And that's where my journey started to really flourish too, is when I began to appreciate the moment in everything it was. Because just because I started living mindfully and started connecting with myself doesn't mean my journey was easy the whole time. But I was, you, you can look at it from a different view when you're looking at things from that mindful or presence, being present in it, um, that you can make choices differently when you're here in this moment. Um, and so that's where the journey took me to where I am now. So I left public health um, and I now work privately and you know, um, really marrying both of these worlds together. 
my science background, my nursing therapy background, and the woo or the spiritual background. It is um, so I kind of have this bridge. I have the the science, and then I have the hypnotherapy that kind of bridges the two worlds. And then also I work in the Akashic Records, uh, which is where your soul's journey is is uh, sort of recorded. And so I help people on a conscious, subconscious, and soul level. Wow, that's a that's a lot of things. That's a lot of things. Uh, the uh, it's it, it sounds like uh, you had a uh, you you lived a life where you had all the things that you should have, and you reached the point where you sort of woke up in a way and uh, said, you know what, I have a lot of these things. However, I'm mis- I'm missing something, and and it sounds like what you were missing was a feeling of of self-awareness or self-discovery or there's something missing here. I'm not sure what's missing, but there's something missing, which then directed you to a more mindfulness uh, experience. And as you talk about mindfulness, what were some of the mindfulness activities or things that you began to, to do to, to support you and getting more balanced uh, so as far as um, mindfulness activities, there's lots of, and I'll speak on mindfulness to the cows come home, Alan. I love it. I think it's such an important piece of, of, uh, being able to live a full life. Um, for me, it was really starting to be mindful in moments all through my life. I think a lot of people think mindfulness is just a meditation, but it isn't. It's about living every moment you can in the present moment. And so when I, you know, when we find ourselves or I found myself, my thoughts really going, it's that awareness. Oh, my thoughts are really going. It's time to bring them down. And so I even did things like walking from, say, the car to an appointment. Maybe I was worried about that appointment, started realizing those thoughts going and really slowing them down and focusing on what my body's doing, the miracle of my body the muscles moving to get me from the car to this appointment and really focusing in on that, you know, the breeze in my hair, the way my arms move, really coming into those moments. Um, so fitting those in mindful eating. I don't know, Alan, if you've never tried mindful eating, it's a, an, a different experience, especially if you're say a coffee drinker or tea drinker, I'm a tea drinker. And so mindfully drinking my tea is just uh, the difference in the way it tastes because you can tell that it tastes different at the front of your mouth and the back of your mouth and just little ways to incorporate mindfulness and things that we're already doing is really important. And so in, in being able to incorporate those things, whether it's time with family, so really being in that moment with the people that you love and listening, just like we are here, you know, you're listening to what I say, and I'm listening to what you say, you miss so much when you're not mindfully there. Um, <clears throat> and in business, or at work, too, really being there, focusing on whatever the task is, means that you get more done, and you feel better at the end of the day, 
and you get it done better. So those things were all the things that I incorporated in life to bring me to more presence. But then there's also the meditation and the stillness. And yes, I, um, I every morning meditate and really connect um, spiritually for myself, probably, I don't know, probably about half an hour when I, you know, when I set that time aside for myself. And all of this has led me to be able to make choices that were for my highest good. Excellent. I find that the, the, the ability to choose uh, what be, before mindfulness, <clears throat> people are myself unconscious, automatic reacting. Then, no, no, no. rather than wait a minute, take that breath, ground, ground my feet, get centered, notice that there's an emotion stirring up inside of me right now. Notice I have thoughts about that person over there. And rather than react to it, that little space of stillness, pausing, breathing, relaxes the physical body. And somehow, if I can keep my body physically relaxed, everything seems to be fine. Uh, but when that tension occurs, when that thoughts occur, when those attack thoughts occur, and those ego thoughts occur, and those upset thoughts occur, I notice that it it there's a corresponding tension in my physical body at, at the time I'm having those thoughts, and and so I, I'm pretty sure that's what you're saying you've experienced also, that you keeping your body relaxed, keeping your body energized, keeping your body oxygenated uh, allows you to better handle whatever's coming down, coming down the pipe, coming at you. Is that is that am I close? Oh, I mean, breathing. In fact, I was like, I didn't even mention breathing and all that. And that is one of the first things I'll tell people when they have, when they come to me with overwhelm or anxiety or anything like that is breathe. And they're like, well, it my, my mind tells me I can't. Yes, that's when it's even more, more important to breathe. Um, because you're right, physically, just bringing that oxygen in physically settles those symptoms so you can start to settle your mind a little bit. Um, and uh, I have a really great example of that, sort of that breathing and taking that moment and that walking. Uh, I was working with a felon and we were talking about mindfulness and he was just sort of this, uh, I don't know about this stuff that you're teaching me, but I'll give it a try. And he was going, he'd been off work because he had some you know, depression and anger and he was going back to work. And uh, starting back to work, he came back the next uh, week to the to our group. And he said, I tried your mindful walking thing. He said, I was at work for a few days and I got called into the boss's office. And so for the couple of minutes, he said, I could feel my anxiety starting to go up. And so I said, I'm going to use that mindful walking that you taught me. And he walked mindfully just for those three minutes it took to get to the boss's office. And the boss 
called him in. He said, hey, I just wanted to tell you that I noticed how well you're doing and it's great to have you back. And what he said was, had he been what he did before was get himself all worked up and into a defensive mode, ready to argue, he would have probably started an argument that wasn't even there. And he wouldn't have brought in the feedback that he had just gotten that the boss was glad he was back. Such an important observation is that we create in our mind what we think is happening. And we start to behave as if that is true, that that's not fiction, but that's reality. And mindfulness, which you're talking about, uh, Leslie, is that mindfulness allows you to observe what's going on and then to be able to step back and think about a solution or, or, or a move I can make in the chess game. And in this situation, you know what? Leslie talked about mindful breathing, walking thing. I think I'll try that. But that requires you to wake up. That requires you in the midst of the nervousness about what my boss is going to say. I have to have that thought in my mind about Leslie told me to do something and I'll be able to do it. And it worked. Uh, and the, so the, the key I find in, in mindfulness is that it requires you to wake up to the automatic oh, wow. reaction that you are having in the moment to realize there's another alternative and, and you used the word earlier, choice. And I'd like you to share a little bit about that, about that waking up process and also about how it allows you to make healthier choices. The more mindful you are and you don't get seduced by the, by the boss calling you on the phone, it's going to be terrible. Well, that's like you're, you're creating something that's not true. Right, right. You know, I uh, when I hear you talking about the wake-up process, you know, this is all about awareness. And for many people, we haven't learned to observe ourselves. Right. We just react, you know, bl- you know, this happens and you react. But there's lots of, you know, our subconscious has said, when this happens, you need to react like this. But what our subconscious does is it also when it finds this works for you, whether it's good or bad, this is the way you react, it puts it over several different situations. So it might not even be the same situation. Um, so you've gotten upset over one situation, another uh, another one comes up, you'll have that same reaction because the subconscious is kind of saying, oh, this is how we react. And so when you just, you're not thinking, so you're going through mindlessly, you just, you know, you're just allowing those reactions to go. And so the biggest thing is that we need to become more aware. You can learn it. You can learn to become more aware. Um, and and I think that's one of the biggest things that I hear from people is how do I, you know, how do I stop this? Or I don't even know. I don't even see it coming. I said, all right, let's learn how to be aware. And that's really, it's a very purposeful way when you're talking about emotions. You know, emotions have been given a really bad rap that we shouldn't feel, you know, I don't like to call them positive or negative or good or bad. 
They just are. They're comfortable and uncomfortable, but they're not good or bad. They're just letting us know our thoughts are off. Or maybe there's something going on with our thinking. And so that awareness starts to build, just like when you described it. Oh, I'm feeling a different emotion. Oh, I don't feel very comfortable with this emotion. What is going on in my head? Yes. Right? What is going on in my head? And then you can start to look at that thought and go, you can learn how to challenge that thought. Like your boss calls you. Okay, well, not every time I talk to the boss, it's bad. So, you know, you can start to challenge that in the moment. But the awareness is the first piece. And I think that's what you're talking about with that waking up. It's purposefully starting to be aware and what, you know, observing your emotions from this place of they're not good or bad. They just are. And they're telling you something. Yep. A key word. You can do that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. A key word that you're using a couple of times is being able to observe. Uh, Being able to observe the thought that you just passed through your consciousness, being able to observe the emotion in your body, being able to observe the tension in your body, being able to observe the the anger and the attack and I need to defend and you're wrong and I'm right to be able to observe that. And to me, that is that's not natural. That is not uh, what people are trained to do. Um, And with training, you can develop your observation muscles. So what are some of the training uh, exercises that people could do to become more awake so they can make that conscious choice rather than that unconscious, reactive, automatic, conditioned reaction? Right. So a couple of things. I talked about walking. So this is just bringing those thoughts down. Well, let's talk about about walking meditation. Let's talk about walking meditation. People don't know what that means. What does a walking meditation look like? So I'm I'm just even going to break it down even further to the transition steps that we take every day from our bedroom to the kitchen, from the kitchen to the living room, from the car to an appointment. These are steps that we often let our mind go with what we need to do in the day, right? That's where our minds kind of go. And one of the things you can do is start to train your brain. Yeah. That this is the time you want to slow it down. What? Train your brain? Yes, you can train your brain. So you start to say, okay, I'm going to choose. When I get up, I'm going to walk to the kitchen and I'm going to focus on what my body is doing. I know I mentioned this earlier. And your brain might say, yeah, but this is when we think of everything we need to do in the day. And so you just give that observation. You can just say, okay, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for telling me about that. And almost like a conveyor belt, let that move through your brain and drop off. Or right now I want to focus on what my body is doing. So it's training your brain that when you're taking those transition steps, that it's time to quiet down. Time to just be quiet. And it takes a little bit. It's a practice. And I like to call it a mindfulness practice. It's not a mindfulness perfect. It's a mindfulness practice. And so it'll take some time. But I can almost guarantee you that if you start using those transition steps to quiet your mind, you'll learn other places to do it too. 
So that's one thing that I think is really important. Just really those little steps, the places where we let our mind run is just, again, thank you. Right now, I want to focus on what my body's doing. Um, the second thing that I think is really important is that we start just really um, observing our moods. So I'll often give people a mood, uh, you know, a, a, a mood chart. So four times a day, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You just check in. And I like to say, name three moods. Three moods that you're feeling in this moment. No judgment. No why you're feeling them. It doesn't matter. We just want you to observe what your mood is four times a day. And what can happen is I've had people that have said, I'm just a really angry person. And when we did this throughout the week, they found out that sometimes they were embarrassed first, or sometimes they were scared first, or sometimes they were worried or frustrated that they weren't just an angry person. That's just where it ended up. And so when they were able to start um, seeing those emotions at lower levels, then they could do something at that level rather than letting their emotions get up to this high point. You bet. You bet. And yeah. every time you see something, observe something, I like to describe it as you're creating a little space. And every time you do it, you create another little space and another little space and another little space. And pretty soon the, the storm door of winter changes to the screen door of summer. And the and you no longer resist things anymore. They they flow through you because you now have all these spaces that you've created bit by bit by bit by bit and and to me that develops this 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 witness inside of ourselves this observer inside of ourselves um, organic something organically is happening inside myself and you can't learn it from a book you gotta you gotta close the eyes, you gotta do the mindful walking, you, you have to do a, a practice on a regular basis to to create that 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 the opposite of a monkey mind, you know. No, it's it's stable. You can breathe, the instrument is relaxed, you 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 observe the thoughts, you don't you don't you don't you you don't you, you don't jump into the thought. You just observe the thought uh, by like, like this described like clouds moving through the sky, just this clouds moving through the sky. You're just sitting there having a piece of cheese and bread and a little wine, watching the clouds go by uh, rather than judging the clouds. You are just observing the clouds. And and so I, I like that mindful walking you talked about because that is, it's so easy to do. Another one that Eckhart Tolle talked about was when you're going to start the car, before you put the key in the ignition or press the button, you pause. And it, it disrupts the automaticity of your reality. People live in these patterns. They don't know they're in a pattern. Uh, and but, So break the pattern. Every time you break the pattern, you wake up. Like, I brush my teeth with my right hand. Okay, tonight, brush with your left hand. And you'll wake up. Boy, you'll wake up because it's 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 different, you know. Uh, so I think that's what you're talking about. Is that true? I, I Yes, absolutely. You know, every time we, you know, we take ourselves out of a habit of right. just mindlessly going, 
we bring awareness to that. Um, and then when we can bring awareness to that mindlessness and, and go more mindfully into what we're doing, especially if it's something we do all the time, you'll see things you, you haven't seen in a very long time. And you'll, you can often see that maybe there's other choices to make. Yes. And, um, and the interesting thing is if you go through, John kabat is one of my pa- favorite people for mindfulness. And what's, what's their name again? That. John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, and he's a great mindfulness uh, fella. Uh, he teaches it for chronic pain. But he talks about attitudes. And when I look at the attitudes like acceptance, trust, beginner's mind, non-judgment, uh, gratitude, you know, generosity. And I know I'm missing uh, one. Probably forgiveness and, is there somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is definitely something that's important, but that's not one of the ones that he talks about. Um, uh, letting go. There's the other one, letting go, which would be on that forgiveness page, right? Um, all of those are actually the things that are important for manifesting or creating what we want in life, too. Go ahead and repeat those again so people can hear them again. Okay, I'll try and I'll try and remember them. So Give it acceptance. A shot. Acceptance, trust, beginner's mind, letting go, non-judgment, patience, generosity, and uh, gratitude. Wow, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not bad. <laughs> that's that's pretty. I I couldn't remember all those things. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are very so, valuable yeah. golden nuggets that you've given us today, uh, Leslie. And I want to thank you for being on the Mindful You podcast. And I also would like to know how people can connect with you. They like what they're hearing, and they like to follow a little bit more about the rise of the phoenix. How can people connect with you? Absolutely. Just go to my website, riseofthephoenix.org, and uh, you can definitely head there. And uh, if you do want to chat with me, I do have a free consultation um, and uh, or email me. My email will be there as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being on the Mindful You podcast. And I look forward to Uh, seeing it sent out into the world so people can become more mindful and more present in order to make healthy choices mentally and physically and emotionally. So thank you very much, Leslie. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.